What language did you learn first, Ed? I learnt Python first because it's really cool. You said you learnt some C as well? Did you do that I first? Didn't do, no, I Python didn't do the C first. So the C came later in a course I did, um, the CS50 course, and then the course transitioned to Python, but I'd already done some Python beforehand, which gave me a nice uh, leg up on that course and, and helped me speed through it a bit quicker. I started with doing Python on Code Academy, um, which I would not suggest to anyone now <laughs> because they're doing Python 2 as their course and they should be the free one should be Python 3 because Python 2 is going out of date at the end of the year. The end of 2019? January the 1st, 2020. Ooh. The Python universe is renaming Python 2 as Legacy Python and then we've got Normal Python. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Python's what I started with and is probably going to be my first love, <laughs> my my only love. <laughs> I don't know. I think you'll find some. I think you might find something else that's more. I don't know. Useful, <laughs> perhaps. But I've tried JavaScript and Node, and it's just not as nice. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll try some Go, but that's a whole kettle of different kettle of fish, isn't it? Functional programming. It goes on my list to try. I really would like to. Go or has. Haskell. Yeah, it's Haskell. Yeah, that's properly functional, isn't it? It's, yeah. But I, I don't actually know what functional programming is. So, <laughs> Well, we'll save that one for the maths episode, I reckon. Yes. Yeah, I've got but some. I do know what object-oriented programming is, so I can, I can deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> so did you... I guess you started with HTML? Yeah. Because thinking back... I was going to say thinking back to our front-end versus... Not versus. <laughs> front-end or back-end. Um you were talking about HTML and CSS. Yeah, I think, yeah. And, and obviously, front-end would win in front-end versus back-end, of course. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> precisely because of the utility. Coming from design, markup languages make a lot more sense. Um, so they're languages like HTML and CSS, but also markdown and things where you're just sort of declaring how something's going to look. Um, I started off with those, started off with HTML and CSS because that's a way of making things appear on a screen. Um, which I think is that's the thing that got me into programming in the first place. Um, but then a lot of people don't think markup languages are actually programming languages, and I, I'm inclined to agree. I don't think CSS is a programming language. But then it was CSS and then the preprocessors like SAS, well, not like SAS, specifically SAS, that I used that first introduced me to the idea of variables and loops. Um, and then from there I was into, well, I had to do a lot of PHP for mucking around with WordPress and then that became the job was mostly PHP and that slowly grew until I got good enough at JavaScript to not need PHP anymore and JavaScript got better uh, JavaScript got good enough to do a lot of things that you would previously have had to have PHP to do so PHP is the one that most of the web is written in at the moment is that right because I would not it, be surprised no because is it is it WordPress that uses PHP yeah WordPress is well certainly Legacy WordPress is all PHP, and that's what twenty four percent of all websites. Some people say so it's quite mm. a, it's quite a lot. And yep. I think most, the vast majority of servers, the ones that have been up and running for years and years and years, so the amount of uptime that they've had, PHP definitely wins because they're it's kind of the Apache stack, the yeah lamp. And what's I've heard of it, but I don't actually know what it is. What is SAS? SASS. SASS or SCSS. Um, stylistically awesome style sheets. Um, it's a preprocessor for SAS. So it takes. So stats, CSS is a static thing, they're static assets. So you just have 
your CSS, it doesn't change, doesn't do anything. It's just a list, words in a words in a file. Um, whereas if you run it through a preprocessor, you can add a little bit of dy dynamism to it. Um, so you write your when you're writing, you can use variables and loops and various different things, and you can split out into. Certainly, at the time I was learning it, there wasn't really an easy way to break your CSS down into lots of different files. Um, so the first websites I wrote had really long CSS files where you'd set the, the styles for the header would be at the top and the styles for the footer would be at the bottom and you'd try and keep it organized, but it was an absolute mess. So breaking that up into lots of multiple files was great, but that's at the time for HTTP1, HTTP1 was uh, not very good for loading assets onto the into browsers. So you want to have just one file that's much quicker and much more efficient. So SAS takes all the stuff that you've written, bundles it up, and produces a CSS file at the end. So it's still outputting vanilla CSS that any any browser can read and that can load anywhere. But when you're writing it, you have a bit more dynamism to your experience. There's some more programmatic elements that you can use. Okay, so like when I so when I use Flask with Python, and I make a Ginger template, and I've kind of got Python bits inside my HTML files. When I run the program you only see html yeah similar i think the important thing with i don't know i don't know enough about ginger to know if this is the case but certainly with css the compiling it happens when you write it and then you put the static assets on the server so it doesn't run in the browser it you're still just sending off an actual css file ah okay yeah uh, i think flask runs probably on the server please uh tell me if i'm <laughs> wrong um listeners um yeah so that that was my first introduction to kind of the ideas of programming like particularly variables and loops that I got from SAS, but then PHP was where it all started to happen. I wrote my first FizzBuzz in PHP, for instance. <laughs> I did mine in Python, so yeah. I was very happy when I could do that because people said, oh, they asked that in interviews. And I went, oh, if I can do that, surely I can get an interview. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently people apply to interviews that don't even have any coding knowledge whatsoever. Yeah, I think people take chances. I can almost understand it because... Well, if you don't have, I mean, I, I remember when I left university, I applied for all sorts of jobs that I was not in any way qualified for, just out of like desperation. Mm. We're off topic there, aren't we? <laughs> well, I don't know. The, the the narrative for programming languages generally that people that for programming and coding is that it's easy to learn and anyone can pick it up. And so I think people hear that and get sucked in when they they sort of subscribe to the hype, but don't have don't actually have enough experience to realise that it's much harder than it. <laughs> Yeah, I can I can imagine that. They've learned a bit of HTML and then think they're a software mm. developer. Yeah, and that carries on up the chain as well. There are people who are applying for senior roles that are not senior or there are juniors coming in who think they know everything. I think, it, what is it, the uh, the Dunning-Kruger effect, isn't it? Whether the less you know, the more confident you are. I think that definitely applies. And I've, I've been guilty of it. I thought I knew everything about CSS when I was... Yeah, just starting out. <laughs> Since then, I've learned how little I knew then. And um, so, yeah. mine's been going up and down and up and down and up and down. So I think. Yeah, I think that's fairly normal. <laughs> yeah, I think even if you're aware of it, you're still a still a victim of it. <laughs> yeah. So my question for you now then is that having started with Python, but now had a little tip, like you said, you've tried Node and tried JavaScript and done some other things. Would you recommend starting with Python? Do you feel like it was a good start? Yeah, I don't have... like. Obviously, it's hard because I don't have another start to compare it with. Straight after I did the CS50 course, I was actually thinking maybe I... Well, I, if I went back now, I'd start with that course 
because it built such good fundamentals of just thinking about the way that computers work and computer science and just thinking about the fundamentals of language writing in any language Mm. but through c so i found python really easy to get into because it's easy to read and it's easy to very quickly write something um when i originally finished the cs50 course i thought oh it'd be great if i went back and did started just doing c and then transitioned to python it was really interesting to see the similarities between them and kind of to see how python abstracted away some of the parts that you kind of it felt like you didn't need anymore um but i don't know if i'd have been as engaged and as been able to move through the course so quickly if i didn't already know some python so i did a course on code academy as i said earlier and where i just learned the python uh, i learned python mainly through the syntax of it really not really just not really learning the fundamentals of how to write a program but just what is a for loop what is a variable all those things but i think that definitely helped me when i came to do this course purely because python was so simple to get started with so on some of the earlier lectures and the earlier problem sets in the course i i could write them in python and then i was trying i was spending hours trying to work out how to actually write them in c and i was like i've already done this in python in about three lines why can't i do it in c come on <laughs> um so that that was a difficulty i came across so i think yes python would be something that i would choose um and i it did give me lots of good habits so for example white space um is it's not even something I thought about and wasn't really aware of it because in Python you just have to do it. You have to make sure that you have four spaces. Uh, so so it's not int- just white space, it's the indentation as well, the, the structure to your code, the yeah, the structure to the letters you're typing on the screen. Yeah, and that's that's what I thought. So what, then when I looked at a bit of JavaScript, I just automatically did that because I thought you had to. <laughs> I didn't realize <laughs> that the curly braces and the uh, semicolons were actually the parts that were telling you where the line and, and you could actually just have one line of JavaScript that was thousands of characters long. Well, yeah, that's that's what we ship to production now is just one single line essentially of of JavaScript mm. if you can get away with it. Does it make uh, it quicker? It does. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that, that's why it's done. You don't write it like that. No one. Yeah. No, no one's mad enough to do that. But oh, there's a Vim command for that. I could do that easily. <laughs> mm, yeah. Um. Vim. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Vim for life. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll t- touch on that in the IDE episode coming up. Yes. Previews. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Python, I found it really easy to pick up. I've started a coding club at my school, and that's what I teach to the children there, or the students there, because it's just so easy. Um, and I don't know if you've seen the XKCD comic. Um, there's the import anti-gravity and it's one I'll put it in the show notes and you import anti-gravity and then you can fly it's a bit like that because whatever you want to do you, there's probably a library for it that you could just import and then write a couple of lines mm. of code and you'll probably be able to do it just like that out of the box and it seems like the difference between the Python ecosystem and the JavaScript ecosystem is that in Python if you want to do something complicated you can just import a package in JavaScript you can do the same but there's 20 different packages to choose from some of mm. which may work, some of which may not. I've heard of the hidden depths of NPM. <laughs> You've seen that little uh, chart of the heaviest objects in the universe. I haven't seen that, no. Oh, you check it out. It's like there's a like, neutron star, white dwarf, brown dwarf, node modules. <laughs> and then it, it just drops off the screen. 
Oh, good. So we'll put that in the show notes as well. And speaking of node modules, though, I think I should probably emphasize the fact that I am not a PHP developer. Uh, if you'd listened to the first few minutes of the podcast and heard me talking about my start, you might think that I still do PHP. I left it behind a long time ago. Um, and I would probably not recommend PHP to a beginner now, I think. It's very easy to write bad PHP code, and by which it, like, it works, but it's not great. Um, so I think a lot of people find it an easy first language to pick up. But I would definitely recommend JavaScript now. Um, I'm a complete convert. I love it. And a lot of people say PHP is, uh, well, I always hear this on, or read it on forums and things, that PHP is dying out. Would you uh, agree with that statement? I would not, no. I think with frameworks like Laravel coming on, I mean, that's been around for about five years now or whatever, but um, I've written, worked on Laravel projects and they've been great. It's always uh, no different to writing, working in a really good React, uh, really good node ecosystem except that there's a lot more work done for you it's almost like to ruby on rails levels of sort of feature completeness it's fantastic and the resources are great and the community is fantastic and you can put um there's a lot of stuff around like view particularly working really nicely with laravel as you have a laravel php to to manage your back end and the server side stuff and then you have a view front end on top of that with vue.js which is like a state management front end thing Hmm. So you're saying all these great things about PHP. Why wouldn't you suggest that as someone's first language, seeing as it was your first, I guess, programming language? I think having seen lots of really good PHP code now, I realized that all the code that I wrote um, and got paid money to write was was terrible. I was I wrote really bad PHP. and I find Do you that... not think that's the case for all programmers, though, that they, when they look back at the <laughs> yeah, first code possibly. they write, they go, that's yeah. awful. Because I do it. I look, yeah. Even I look. Even I, I've only been learning mm. a year. I look back at some of the stuff I wrote a few months ago. Number one, I can't read it anymore. And number two, I, I just think, oh, who wrote that? Oh yeah, I would. I would. I would spend my entire life in an infinite loop of refactoring, um, going back and improving <laughs> stuff that I'd written if I could. Um, I'm the George Lucas of, of programming, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but without the luck. No, there's something that I find about JavaScript is that it's. It just feels much tidier to me. I hate the mi- mixing. Um, the front end code and back end code in PHP is just gross. PHP tags are so verbose, there's a lot going on and yeah, I prefer the world of JavaScript generally. I like the way the code, I find the code much easier to write. I think the whole dependency management thing is much better. There's so much more tooling that seems to just, I mean nothing just works in JavaScript. Everything's hard but it's not as hard as other things I think. And what I think is useful about JavaScript as well that PHP doesn't have is that PHP kind of works natively in the client so you don't need to know any server-side stuff to write javascript so you could write a completely well in fact things like our website for this podcast it's really simple there's no like fancy design on there but because don't tell everyone that (laughs) no it's just a nice typeface doing a lot of work Um, but behind the scenes there's loads going on um uh it's a static um react build so that it's a a whole there's a whole front-end architecture underneath it (laughs) building those pages for us so we can just write our post in markdown and and i can have loads of fun with the styling and stuff if i want to in the future um and that's a really big complicated confusing thing possibly but it's written in javascript it all runs like you just compile it and send it off and it all works other than it living on a server um there's nothing the server doesn't need to do anything it just needs to host the file it could be an s3 bucket it could be anywhere it could be on github yeah but and then it sounded like there you were using the words react and javascript interchange is react a language itself or no no so react is a popular framework very much like view view is also a javascript framework 
um, their front end frameworks for sort of scaffolding your pages and sort of linking things together and you can do sort of routing and things with them if you like um, particularly if you want to build what they call a single page app or application which is where you load a single page on the website but then within that you it feels like an application so you're moving around without having to reload the entire page every time a lot of that kind of stuff is handled by React which is a framework and there are others there's Angular and, and Vue and Ember and Backbone they all kind of fill the same role and they're all built using JavaScript so JavaScript is the language and then these are little individual subsets of JavaScript that you can use and I talk about React a lot because React is what I work in Mm. And is jQuery one of those as well? I know that, that maybe is a bit old now. But... Yeah, it was. That was probably the first. That's the. I uh, yeah. I would say that's a library more than a framework, but that's a subset of JavaScript again. It's written in JavaScript, so you can open up the J- the jQuery source code, and you can see vanilla JavaScript. And that was originally built in a time when JavaScript wasn't as fully featured as it is now. So jQuery has a lot of things to handle cross browser compatibility, um, and make things like asynchronicity and talking to APIs much easier. Um, all the stuff that you need to make your code work that's complicated and boring and you have to do all the time, jQuery just kind of hit that behind the scenes and let you get on with the functionality. So it served served an important role. I don't think it's needed anymore. I don't think there's much that jQuery does that you can't do just with vanilla JavaScript now. And I'm thinking back now to when I was starting to learn. So I know... And I'll, I think it's important to know, well, I don't, I, I'm, hopefully you'll agree that it's important for everyone, even if you're, say, a back-end developer, to know a bit of HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, or at least just be able to read and understand what's happening. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. They yeah. are fundamental parts of how the web works. And if you can write JavaScript, it will run most places. And now with, with Node, you can write, I mean, a lot of people do, write JavaScript that runs on the server. Um, and... Yeah, that's given it much more power. So, in, I mean, a lot of programmers come up sort of learning Bash scripts and automating stuff on their on their computers just generally. My instinct, if I'm writing a command line application, is to write it in Node, and so write it in JavaScript because that's what I know. So I double down on my knowledge, um, hmm. and it, it's more fun and it's easier and quicker, and yeah, it works everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I mean, when I started learning JavaScript, I I think I did a course somewhere. I remember asking you about and some other people on one of the Slack groups about whether do you think it's a good idea to go straight in with the vanilla JavaScript or do you think I could learn one of the frameworks like React or Angular or something to start with? When we were talking about it, we were saying that if you do vanilla JavaScript, you're going to probably get the fundamentals better and understand what's going on more and possibly be able to write faster code eventually but if you go in with a framework you might become more employable quicker or you might get a website up and running quicker i think you could definitely get a website up and running quicker by just learning a framework but then you are just learning you're kind of limited i found it quite tough coming up when i would take i mean i tried some ruby out for instance and i just learned rails which is a a subset of ruby uh, made by dhh the base camp fella and that's a essentially a, a framework for putting together applications and I learned how to do things very specifically within that framework but as soon as I had to stray beyond the boundaries of that which happens very quickly once you start doing proper programming I struggled because I didn't know Ruby I, it wasn't, I didn't know what was Ruby, I didn't know what was Rails and sometimes I think a lot. I see a lot of people having same sort of problems when they learn React for instance because React 
like so much of it is just vanilla javascript but they get confused as to what is vanilla javascript and what is react um so when you have to push the boundaries and do something unusual or even do something that's well within what's expected of the framework but just happens to be quite complicated if you know the fundamentals of the language to start with um then you're in a much better position so i would always recommend learn the basic language first and like you were yeah. saying about c it's you get a sense of the basic building blocks of programming yeah that's a really good point i'd never thought of that i'd only thought of it in terms of you would only know say react for example and then you just wouldn't be able to write anything else because that's what you'd learn but i'd never thought of it as being able to you wouldn't even be able to tell the difference between what's v- the vanilla javascript and what is react that's that's a really interesting point yeah I, you don't want to get trapped into a situation where you're doing a job and you're working in a, a framework that that's all you know because particularly with javascript frameworks and libraries come and go very very quickly even possibly more quickly than any other coding ecosystem so what is trendy now was not trendy two years ago and what will be trendy in two years is very unlikely to be what's trendy now um, so if you learn the fundamentals you can pick up those things much quickly so the total time spent from knowing nothing to making a website will be longer if you learn the fundamentals first and then learn a framework but it will then if you add in the next framework and the framework after that each of those is going to get successively quicker those learning periods i just wanted to now think about how how you get started learning our different like python or javascript and i also want to talk a bit i don't know if, how much you know about it but maybe the kind of the community around each of the languages because i've been learning python a while now and there's a few python podcasts a couple of python podcasts i listen to and i follow certain they're called Pythonistas <laughs> on uh twitter and it seems like you kind of get a good feel for the type of people that Pythonistas are and uh, i mean it seems like quite a supportive environment and there's lots of people helping each other out i've found that really useful when i've been learning python and i guess because it's i think it's these days it seems to be such a popular language especially in education so I think there's a lot of resources out there for people just starting out, even if some of it's aimed at children. I think there's a lot that is just for people starting out in programming. So things like at the moment in my coding club today, I found this codecombat.com. Um, so it's basically a game. It's like a it's like a pixel cartoon game, but they're they're also they're calling functions to get their hero to move around the screen and do things so they're learning oh, sounds great yeah it's really good so they're learning how to do python as they go which is fantastic and also things like i said like codecademy and there's free actually i was going to say free code camp but they don't actually do python really they do um they're all javascript and html and css but mm. yeah so that's one that's one for javascript yeah <laughs> i think the javascript ecosystem is pretty good in terms of learning resources there's loads of really enthusiastic people making really good learning things um out there learning things yeah that's the, <laughs> that's, the te- that's the technical term P- php has a an engaged community i think my experience is the php people are a bit more grumpy but that might just be the ones i've spoken to i don't know i found i found javascript a bit more i don't know i think javascript's a bit like twitter it's just got so big now there are so many people that you can find pockets of the community that are really enthusiastic and really sort of looking on all the good things and then there are other pockets where it's just negativity and miserableness and 
And I think you get that with, you probably get a bit of that with most languages. I've never seen anyone be miserable about Python. <laughs> That's true. Everyone seems to love it. Um, but it's slow, you know. We've, we, we, Python's great at everything, but it's it's slower than all the others. Oh, I think the difference in speed between the different languages is easily eaten up in the first two lines of code that almost any programmer will write. I think as soon as as soon as you've written that function, the stuff that you've written is so bad and slow that it doesn't matter what language it's written in. <laughs> the percentage impact on the speed of the code is that it's not the language that's making the difference. It's how you've written it. Possibly. I'm sure there's people uh, out there writing code where it does matter. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah being facetious but yeah yeah i mean i often as a long time wordpress developer in a previous life everyone you hear a lot of hate on wordpress and people moaning about how bloated it is and how slow it is and i've fallen into that trap as well of thinking oh this website's really slow it must be because it's written in wordpress um but then we've also at the same time had sites with massive traffic that do like serious business in the millions of hits a day and like time per second per like milliseconds of load time is a, a genuine business metric that they measure for these sites and they've been running on wordpress and you just have to work a bit harder to make them really quick and you can and so we've had sites that have been getting 99 percent on the google speed index that have been wordpress sites that have been image heavy loads of plugins loads of things happening doing really complicated stuff but they're still fast it's how you write it so i think well obviously i think we have different opinions on this but i think that if you are starting out programming and you are interested in maybe more of the back end side of thing or data or things or maybe even web development to some extent, I think Python's a really good starting place because it's so e- it's a it's like it's very easy to read and it's quick to pick up and you're learning so it's a bit like pseudo code. So I think it's a really good place to start and there's loads of resources and there's lots of people to help and there's lots of different groups where you can go and ask questions and you won't have to feel bad about asking stupid questions because it's that sort of language where it attracts people that I think are newer to programming. Now, do you think people will be better out starting in JavaScript or maybe should be starting in HTML, CSS? Uh, I'm inclined to agree with you. I think Python is a really good place to start. I think, like you say, it's got the purity and it's like that is programming. You learn Python and you are doing programming from the very start. Um, HTML and CSS, the, the learning curve is like <laughs> you're you're marking things up and yeah, it's maybe not as satisfying if it's the pure programming side of it that interests you. I think just for sheer utility, learn some HTML and CSS in your first week of learning code. <laughs> just learn, learn the basics. Learn what a markup language is. Learn how tags open and close to be able to write a single file if you want and have a web page or an, even an application that can run somewhere is really powerful. I think JavaScript is a great option uh, because you get all that pure programming stuff, but then you also have the utility straight away being able to use it in a web environment. But then there's people that use programming. Like software is eating the world. Programming is everywhere. You don't necessarily need to be in a web browser. Um, so Python is a great choice. I wouldn't not recommend Python to people. And in fact, I think if someone was asking what language to learn and I didn't know anything about them or what they were field they were going to go into, Python's probably the stronger option. But if they're thinking of anything at all about the web, then yeah, get JavaScript in as soon as you can. I, I would say learn both. Thinking of that, though, in terms of learning more than... Because I'm at the point now where I think, okay, I know Python pretty well, if I say so myself. <laughs> and um, I think it's a good time to learn another language and kind of see how 
those those things interact with each other so that's why i've started thinking looking at javascript and node so on my terminal now i can write in if i can write in python into my terminal and then i've got python up and i could start i could start coding away on it whereas i didn't know originally i didn't know how to do that on javascript but once i found node i can now now i've installed it i just type in node exactly the same thing i could start coding in javascript essentially yeah i think it's important to learn two languages as soon or at least dabble in the second language as soon as you can because it shows you the bits that are fundamental to the concept of programming like data structures and loops and like arrays or lists whatever you want to call them um to learn where they where they are different is important and also to learn where they're the same definitely and that's something i've seen and thinking of especially seeing as they're both i think is javascript object oriented it can be it can be no yeah no (laughs) that's a that's a maybe a a whole episode in itself but it's object oriented where everything that calls itself object oriented isn't i think there's only really two purely object oriented languages which which are like javascript and lua i think are the two um i could be completely wrong about that but it's not what you traditionally think of as it doesn't have classical inheritance it has prototypal inheritance that's the difference okay if you care yeah so <laughs> and some people don't lots of people write object oriented javascript i just think that they're wrong <laughs> okay <laughs> hot drama <laughs> will tom make it to next week no i will be i'll be killed probably by my colleagues <laughs> <laughs> so what was i saying so python and javascript i'm seeing some of the familiarities like you say objects mm. dictionaries they're the same thing um and it's then building on from what I saw from C to Python to JavaScript. You you kind of get a feel for the fundamentals of which bit is the programming and which bit's just the syntax that you have to work around to get the actual program done. The elephant in the room, I guess, is that you're a programmer who programs in Python. I'm a programmer who programs in JavaScript. We recommend Python and JavaScript. You should learn them. <laughs> um, I think maybe if you were to ask other developers in other languages, they may think differently. Um, we've had a lot of success with these ones. I've tried a few, um, not all by any means, and I've not got good at very many of them at all. But I have got good at JavaScript, and I think it's great. And I would definitely recommend it. As I would recommend Python. Yeah, that's a good point. Didn't really... <laughs> these these at the end of the day, it's our opinion. So whether you want to take our advice on board or not, that's your choice. Yeah, I wonder if a good ending to the podcast is for us to just say, "Well, yeah, you could probably have guessed what we could say, and it doesn't really matter because everyone says something different." <laughs> the end. <laughs> so it's, I mean, just rewind the last twenty minutes or so of your life and just pretend <laughs> it didn't happen. See ya. <laughs> bye <Bye-bye>. bye. <laughs> Send us your feedback. Yes. <laughs> Give us yeah, a tweet. We, do, we definitely want feedback. And I think uh, more than, I mean, a lot often at this point in the podcast, people say, oh, yeah, my review, it really helps. I would say go and tell someone else about us if you've liked this. Tell someone else who's interested in programming or learning programming. Tell them about the podcast. Make them listen. Tie them to the chair. Put the headphones on their ears. Don't let them go until they've listened or at least until they've hit the subscribe and download button. Yeah, and also if you've got any feedback for us or you've got any questions that you'd like us to answer or you want to have a go at Tom, give us a tweet. Okay, <laughs> we're always happy to uh, hear any feedback or any questions or anything like that and we'll do our best to get round to discussing them. Bye-bye. Bye.